Cost We Make, a podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me for the second week in a row, <laughs> friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? I know, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's kind of uh, sad that we have to celebrate the fact that it's two weeks in a row, but, but uh, I am back two weeks in a row, so I'm yes. super excited. It's you awesome. Are. So how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm like I'm 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 good. I'm just I'm good. I've been <laughs> I've been doing something that you and Shane and um and Claire and Steve McDonald, you've all been pushing me to do it. So I actually made I recorded most of, if not all, all of a YouTube video this week. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. That's and, like, yes, go. I am definitely not going to tell everybody what it is yet. I'm just going to tell it's my entry for Dean Duplantis's um, ornament. Oh, nice. Challenge nice. thing. Yeah. So Anyone I'm, that doesn't know. Yeah. Tell them, tell them about what Dean's doing. Cause I think that's an awesome premise. Yeah, so, so Dean is doing, Dean's doing a match with a donation. So essentially you send him an ornament for his shop Christmas tree and then he will turn that ornament into a toy donation. And he's going so to donate cool. one toy for every ornament that he gets. So the idea is basically to run Dean into pure bankruptcy by sending him so many ornaments, he has to just buy tons and tons of toys to give and, away. And he's pretty, it's pretty much open to anyone, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you guys are listening... And- yeah, hit him up on his Instagram. I think yeah. he's. Um, I think he's. Made, he, you can connect with him on Instagram to figure out where to send it and everything. I mean, it's it's such a great idea. And yeah, it's super cool. I had multiple ideas floating around in my head, and then right, I think I was sitting there like Thursday night, and I go, "Oh my god, I know what I'm doing!" Like it just hit me. Like I know exactly what I'm doing, and then. Uh, Friday-ish, I started working on it. And by Saturday night, it was done. And I started awesome. working on the video edit yesterday. So I'm so, I'm so, so, I'm, I know you're not surprised, but I'm so excited that you made a video. Um, yeah. it, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend it's super high production. Value, no, who cares? Who cares? I think it's going to, I think it's a, I think it's good. Like, yeah. I'm actually happy with the video. Like, as I was watching too, I'm like, oh yeah, I can. And I, I made sure that I kept like, one of the things I always notice with people, like when they when they want to trim something, they say is they tend to cut it off at a point where your inflection is weird. Yeah. yeah. So I I tended to keep the recording segments to statements. Okay. And it worked because there were a couple I was like, oh, this has got to go, and I just cut it out, and you don't even notice it's gone. Like mm-hmm. there's no weird edits in there. So I'm very very happy with this. I'm hoping by the end of the week to have the video out. I was hoping to have it out, but yesterday, but. I got sidetracked working on a couple other things, but by the end of this week, the video will be done. It's well, almost done now, but I have to film a couple of things to fill in some gaps. It's it's funny though that you said that that, that you were trying to figure out what you wanted to make, and then mm-hmm. all of it, and because that's what I've been waiting. I like I it's on my list. We talked about it before we started recording. I'm like, when when do I have to get it to uh, mm-hmm. to Dean? Uh, but it's on my list, and I I have a couple ideas, but none of them are like super. I'm not super excited about. And it's like one of those things where, you know, you know, Vincent, if you're not excited about it, it's going to suck. Yeah, you just don't do it. So Um, so anyways, yeah, it's funny you say that because that's exactly how that's exactly how it went for me. Um, I was batting around a bunch of ideas. And I think what prevented me from actually getting started was the fact that none of them were particularly exciting to me. And then I, I think that's a very common thing for, I mean, that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole episode right there. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's, we should back pocket that one for the mm-hmm. next time. It's just you and I, but I really do feel like that's something that 
we kind of have to work with and work around all the time. It's just this ongoing struggle of that doesn't excite me. You know, even though you probably need to do it, it's if it's not exciting you, you just ignore it or you just go, nah. Well, that's, I mean, and that's one of those, again, I would open armed uh, take on this this struggle, but that is one of the things I worry about. Like if I ever get start getting sponsors or whatever, like you commit to something and then you're not into it. I mm-hmm. don't like, that would be a really hard thing for me to get motivated to do, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, you did. So that's what I did this weekend. But you did something the I mean, obviously, since we, the running joke is you and I don't talk. So yeah, yeah, right. I know, I had right. No idea yeah. you were involved in this, but then you had an interesting weekend. I I did, and you know what it was is like I I guess I'm I'm so nervous for things to f- like to fall out and not happen that I don't tell people, <laughs> you know. And it, that's the god honest, honest truth. Truth. Uh, I just like I'm like ah, there's you know I'm gonna get sick or I'm, there's something's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, but yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did make forty eight, which is a. Uh, it's hard to explain, really, but um, basically, it's a competition that they. Do you want me to explain it real quick? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll go. I'll go quick. But um, it's a uh, competition, and they have a bunch of different iterations. But this year, they did. I think they did eight different cities. And what what it is is they go to these cities and they have teams that come in and and so for ours there was eight teams and they come in and they have forty eight hours to uh, come up with well so every event has a theme so this our our theme was uh, outdoor living and they have to brainstorm and come up with like an idea for a product that fits their the outdoor living theme and the parameters. And they have 48 hours to come up with a concept, design it, build a prototype, make a sell sheet, make a video, make, um, make a pitch. And then on the last day, they pitch, all 18s pitch their product idea to a bunch of judges and there's a winner. But the the crazy thing about it is that there's like a main sponsor for everyone. So our our the main sponsor for this event was Stanley, uh, um, Blank, Stanley uh, Black and Decker. Yes, Stanley Black and Decker, and the they have the so if they like one of the eight ideas, the winner winning idea, they have the rights to bring this product to market, and oh, wow. so it can act like it literally can be a you're developing a product that will be in hardware stores or you know anywhere and so it's 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 a legit thing um so anyway so that's the event and they have tool techs that come and help um help the teams build their ideas so uh so the teams don't actually aren't actually allowed to make any like actually use any of the tools or whatever so they have tool techs that they come and they're like, I want to make this box for this product that I'm developing. And we cut the box on the, you know, on the table saw and we put it together and we work with them to help, help create, bring to life their prototypes. So it was super cool. And, and there's a lot of like, you know, kind of social, you know, social influencer type aspects to it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I got, I was lucky enough to uh, someone put my name in the ring, actually Katie Freeman. Shout out to Freeman Furnishings. Uh, she 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 recommended me to them, and we did a you know not a casting call, but like a you know a Zoom meeting and everything like that. And uh, th- the stars aligned, and I I got to do it, and it was super super fun, Vince. And it was absolutely like a blast. A lot of work though. Oh, like yeah. don't I mean 
You were making, it, I saw you were making supply runs to Joanne. You were oh running gosh. around getting plants. Like. It was literally like 18 hour days of like nonstop <laughs> between like, so the tool techs are, you know, they're helping build, but they're also, we're helping, you know, we're helping promote sponsors. We're doing supply runs. Like you said, uh, we're doing interviews because so basically the, the, um, these shows do every, every city, has like a does like a one a half hour like actual televised half hour special or whatever mm-hmm. but then the, all the teams go on to the nationals i think it's next march and they that is on pbs and so it's wow. it's a legit like tv show kind of thing so we're doing interviews and stuff like that it was super weird vincent it was it was so weird for me to be, have somebody come up and be like um we have to mic you up now. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it was super weird, but super good experience, but super exhausting. And, but yeah, anyways, that's the long and short of it. That was a, it, I had a really crazy weekend. It was really, really fun though. That's a hell of a way to spend your weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else awesome. would have been a hell of a way to spend your weekend? Neither one of us got to go. <laughs> no, but it, it was, looked amazing. And I was super, uh, what's my least favorite term, Vincent? FOMO? <laughs> yeah fomo fomo there was, there, there was definitely yeah. a major case of fomo going on yeah. so our guest this week is um our good friend the one and only austin from high caliber craftsman who decided that he was going to be more than a maker and start to be an event planner these days yeah. so what's going on austin how you doing hey guys what's up thanks for having <laughs> me on my friend you put on an event that looks like you've been doing this your entire freaking life i have right. got to give you all the credit in the world because I am watching, I mean, you know, this past weekend was um, Catskill Maker Camp, and yep. obviously the weekend before was your event. And I got to be honest with you, it looked like you did just as good a job as they did, if not better. And it's like, wow, on the first try, like, that's pretty impressive, dude. So congratulations on what clearly was a very successful Yeah, event. tell us about the event. And also, how many people came? So um, there was... 15 people from the makers on zoom having coffee discord awesome. and then probably another 10 people with my friends that were, that came by to help out and my family. Um, I definitely can't, I have to give credit to like my parents. They worked their butts off my wife, my kids, all, everybody was pitching in to really help. And, um, and Dean, Dean came by and really was helping me with the, uh, background scenes of the event for sure. So, um, so yeah, what like, was the event? Like what, uh, we called it high caliber camp. Um, basically it was like everybody came and camped here, um, or, or stayed at a BNB or whatever. And but literally then, like your, the yard was scattered with <laughs> actual tents. tents, like actual tents in right. your yard. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, awesome. I looked out my back window and it was like a bunch of hippies back here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's like, yeah, a mini. With the hose, clean them up. <laughs> yeah. that's uh austin stock like i was just stock. gonna yeah. say that damn it you took my joke <laughs> i literally had that on the tip of my tongue <laughs> yeah so it uh so we everybody came in on friday and then i wanted to get them in the forge um as quick as possible to kind of mm-hmm. i call it like your baby deer legs you know like yeah first learning to walk <laughs> I, I was like we need to get their baby deer legs established before we go into forging knives you know yeah, like right. that's, that's a big jump from day one to day two um so i was so i got everybody together after we ate a quick uh burger dinner and then jumped in the forge and just kind of just trying to get them used to holding, you know, basically you're walking around. It's, it's 15. Imagine that's right. 15 people walking around with branding irons. That's not like, <laughs> right, right. Red hot, yeah. like scalding metal. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So 
I'm in like full concentration mode of like, yeah, nobody gets branded tonight. You know, like, <laughs> so it was a no super relaxing week, weekend for you, Austin, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real laid back. Yeah. Um, but, but not only that, but like holding tongs is a really weird. It's hard. Yeah. They don't, it's hard. <laughs> they don't feel right in your hand. Nope. Um, nope. And they so, don't do what you think they're going to do either, which I learned when I took my one and only blacksmithing course. Tongs don't behave the way you think they do until you screw it up a few times, drop your piece a few times, then you start to get the hang of it. But yeah, it's not intuitive at all. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a learned thing. And that's, mm-hmm. and then I'll, and we're trying to do, okay, so we need 15 people to learn in the next two hours, you know? Like, <laughs> um, and how many, so how many forces do you, do you have? So just the one for, well, I have two, I have a coal forge and then I have the propane, um, Okay, but we were just running propane. Okay. Um, but the way that my forge is, it's, um, it actually has, it's, there's an opening on each end. It's kind of a rectangular forge. Mm-hmm. And then there, there's a big door that actually opens on the side that has opens basically the one entire side of the forge. So we were just using, um, the two ends and I have two anvils on one on each side of the forge. So we could have like four people basically for you know because not everyone like one, one per yeah two people have them in the forge two people are working it right exactly yeah okay yeah so you're just kind of round robining you know, right 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 as you go and it, it actually makes for a really efficient work pace because yeah people that aren't used to swinging a three pound hammer um <laughs> they only got enough until the metal gets cold <laughs> you know yeah, my, like, my okay, arm great. my arm hurt just watching you guys so right yeah it's uh i'm sure there was some sore arms the next morning <laughs> for sure it's, um, it's, so, so that's what we realize did how physical it is when you're doing it until you do it a few times and you're like oh wow this is much harder it's not just an art form it's also a physical it's physically demanding to forge stuff right yeah there's a reason that most of the blacksmiths you see are at least upper body in shape you know like <laughs> right. their right arm is yeah Popeye yeah. arms <laughs> the um and the one thing too is like if you have bad form like most people don't get close enough to the anvil mm-hmm. um and when you, they kind of do like the, uh, like the middle school dance, you know, where you're like <laughs> you're close up top, but down bottom, you're kind of far away from each other. That kind of deal. They, they do that with the four. Or, I mean, with the animal. <laughs> That's like, the that might be my favorite <laughs> comparison ever. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, two things that can burn you in life: women and hot metal. So, uh, <laughs> that's Austin at High Caliber Craftsman. Yeah, send your hate mail to Vincent Ferrari. Um, so, yeah, that, what happens is you want to kind of you you really need to get your your body more straight up and down and closer to the anvil, and that'll make it where you don't get as worn out because you're not stretching this hammer way away right. from your body. Mm-hmm. You know, you're keeping it nice and tight it's not natural to have hot metal right near your pelvic region. Like right. so that's why everybody does it. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. But once you kind of get used to it, it, you you'll notice p- the people's form correcting very fast and, mm-hmm. and, and it will make it where they can last a lot longer. So, um, so trying to get that kind of thing, get their form, right. Get them used to swinging a hammer, get them used to holding the tongs, making sure that nobody swings around and burns somebody, you know, that kind of thing. Morally, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Morally, I'm really really good. yeah. Um, did anyone else have any blacksmithing experience besides you? I like, were, so. was there anyone that could help? I guess, oh, for sure. Yeah, like, my dad was running one anvil and okay. I'm running the other anvil, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And then, the, so one of the things that was so really, it was just so much faster than I thought it was gonna be. So, like, 
I, I was used to some, we've had classes where we pulled in like my dad's a teacher and we had all his teachers come and do uh, forge dinner bells and stuff like that. And it took a long time for them to learn where everybody else is now, all these guys that are here and, and gals that are here, they're all makers, right? So of some sort, right? their right. learning curve was like one quarter of mm. what it was. That's for, so interesting. But I'm not yeah. surprised. You're, that's totally right, though, because they're all people that want to learn, right? Or, right? And that are good at learning. Yeah, it, it, you, that's exactly right. What you just said, they are good at learning. So, and and not only that, but they're good at listening. So you're like, right, this right. is how you should be doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I got it. And um, I think it's the, you know, it's the learned what they're doing on YouTube generation. Like if I'm right. like, let me just show them real quick. And then they got it, you know? Um, so it was really impressive for like a two hour span, how fast they got good at it. And then, yeah, that's so cool. And then by the end of the, the so, so that was the end of the night. And then the first thing we were going to do uh, Saturday morning, so we started early and we were getting people. So I split the people up. Half the people went into my shop and were doing wood turning because I had three lathes set up, uh, wood lathes. So they were turning their handles for the cleavers. And then the other half went to the forge and we were just kind of spinning people all day long to get them just because it was such a mass of people. We kind of had to have them staged in different areas. And I had one of my friends, Steve, Delaney, he's a um, really good wood turner. He was kind of showing him the ropes that were there. Me and dad were running the forge. And then my buddy Nick was kind of <laughs> running all over the place. Like Austin, they need you over here. Austin, they need you. You know, that kind of thing. Like coordinating. Yeah. Right. Um, and I slapped Dean over on the, uh, on the griddle, had him cooking breakfast for everybody. <laughs> Most importantly. Yeah. yeah. I, I love how you had him cook the one meal he can't pronounce. Which yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> so, but Austin, so Austin, have you ever done anything like this before? Cause it, like I'm listening to you and you sound like you have your stuff together. Vincent, so, uh, I, you see, I didn't use the S word. <laughs> um, proud of you. Yeah. But no, you like literally that's a really, really smart way of, juggling all those things have you ever done anything like that before not not anything like that i've done you know surf competition stuff mm-hmm. um, just which is it's all of its event planning right so you just kind of got to be ready we would do all kinds of surf demos um back in the day actually it was when honda element the honda element was first released <laughs> i was hired to do a big shaping thing on the beach at the east coast um surfing championship Oh, wow. So I learned a bunch during that of like how they were running things and how like, oh, that's not how we should be doing that. And that's not how, you know, <laughs> you learn very fast on things that you should not do. See, but um, I, that's that's like, that's amazing because that's exactly like you you went to the, an event and you're like observing and learning while you're at the event. Like that's not a natural thing for a lot of people, right? You're like, I'm going to take this and someday I'm going to learn from this and uh, put this into my own event. Right. Yeah. The uh, man, I remember. So they were, their big thing was that the hot element could be washed out, right? The whole inside, mm-hmm. you can like literally mm-hmm. hose it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They put me in a tent on the beach with an element that was completely <laughs> open. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen somebody shape a surfboard before, but it's foam and foam dust goes everywhere mm-hmm. and it's like static yep. cling. And I was like, I really don't think you guys should have that vehicle in this tent. Like, you have no idea what you're, what's about to happen. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it'll be fine. We can hose it out. Needless to say, the next morning, the element was not in the tent. 
Because uh, <laughs> it was it was unreal. It was it was it looked like a it was just completely covered in snow. And uh, so Austin and Vincent, we have to come back to the fact that you have a whole like life of making surfboards. Yeah, that we need to talk about because I like I, that was one of the one of our first conversations, Austin. That you were like, "Oh yeah, I used to make surfboards," and you sent me a bunch of pictures, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and so yeah, so we have to come back at least come back to that if we're not going there now. But well, let's I'm go back gonna, to the event. I yeah, I I I kind of I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like we jumped right into the event, but people don't even know who you may not yeah, even yeah, know who point. you yeah. are and whatever. And I I know we're very excited about the event, but I think maybe we need to take a step back and people need to appreciate you know a little bit of your maker bona fides Ooh, a little bit. So Austin is you, yeah, give us a little bit of the Austin Saunders bio. Okay, so um, and I got your last name right. I want to point that out. I just yeah, I didn't call good. you Austin Sanders today, so there you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, like my making started when I started. I wanted to build surfboards, and I was fifteen, I think, right at fifteen. <laughs> so when I turned sixteen, my parents bought me the stuff. That's what I told them I wanted for my birthday was all the materials. So um, you know, it's like the foam core bunch of fiberglass resin fiberglass itself and um and basically that's what got me into building things is i just i surfed all the time and i wanted to build a surfboard so after i built the first one i mean i i, I guess i just call it an addiction like i just i was addicted for sure and i was like oh i can't wait till the next one and the next one and then so slowly i started building up a business that i didn't even realize i was building and then um I started taking custom orders from people that, you know, heard about me in the neighborhood. And I'm, at this time I'm building surfboard, which I don't know if you guys know about building surfboards, but it's very, very, um, obnoxious fumes. It, you know, it's polyester resin. It's not epoxy. So it's like mm-hmm. pumping, um, tons of smell in, into my neighborhood. And, uh, and I just kept getting bigger and bigger to the point where like my entire, my parents, you know, entire backyard is full of repairs and I'm just like doing them for all I'm doing them. Um, through all the surf shops and uh, it just kind of turned into a business um, before I knew it. So I was going at and this about, is you're like 15, 16. Like that's by that point I'm 16. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I started, I was still working some little, you know, summer job type thing and I was in school. And then by the time that I turned 18 and my parents were like, okay, you're going to college. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go to college for business. Cause I'm kind of already doing it. Um, I'm not really the school type, you know, um, it's not, not my thing. I, maybe now it would be, but I'm in, so I'm sitting in business class and I'm like, I just, I just can't be here. And, uh, I told the teacher, I was like, I, I don't think I need to be here. And he's like, I don't think you need to be here either, man. And he's like, you're already doing your thing. He's like, you're here. You go to business school to learn, to work for a business. He's like, you want to be a businessman, a, a sole proprietor, you know, I think you should go home. And I was like, all right, see ya. And that was like, <laughs> that was just, I was like, I've just got, I'm done with school. It's amazing. Just, yeah. yeah. Holy and uh, on the drive home, I'm like, what the H did I just do? I just quit <laughs> school. Like, and I'm like, I got to go home and tell my parents that I just dropped out of school, you know? And uh, so believe it or not, my parents, so my sisters are like super educated, like several master's degrees a piece, like unbelievably educated. And uh, <laughs> Can I, we cla- I, I just want to classify a little bit of like educated in 
the formal setting. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there's a very di- like I I always I don't know I feel like there's a there's education and then there's education and there's different forms of that. Right. My opinion, but yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, so both of my sisters are, were teachers. My dad's a teacher, and my mom is was a respiratory therapist and also taught respiratory therapy. So th- basically, everybody in my entire family were, were teachers. And then I come home saying, "Hey, guess what? I dropped out of school." <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, Awkward. So, yeah, yeah. So, and my my parents took it way better than I expected. Um, they're like, "Well, what are you going to do?" And I was like, "Well, you know, the surfboard thing's going. I think I need to just push on it full full steam ahead." And my dad was like, "Well, you better give it everything you got. Like, don't. I don't want to see you slacking. I don't want to see. You know, he's like, if you slack, you're out. You're out of here. You know." And I was uh-huh. like, "Okay, no problem. I'm going to do it to the full extent." So. Did that for several years. I ended up building a glass shop, like a little shed behind the house. So I could kind of split up the rooms. I had multiple rooms going like a shaping room and a sanding room. And then a glassing room in the back. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. You would really need to be careful about like airborne polystyrene compared to um, you putting resin and finish on a board. Like you really would have to basically segment everything out. I didn't even think of that until you just said it. Right. Yeah. It's wow. very important to have a clean room and a dirty room. Yeah. And, uh, and really ideally more than one of each would, would be <laughs> ideal. But, um, so during that time I, I kept building the business and then I ended up actually buying another surfboard company. I think I was like 24 at this point. Holy um, crap. Yeah. I bought out another company. So I went from just like me and my dad helping me a little bit here and there um, to being in charge of like 10 employees, like, and I was 24 years old. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. That yeah. is absolutely amazing. And you, it, you, the cool thing is like your parents, you know, your parents were probably to some extent, your parents were probably like, I can't believe he just dropped out of school and I can't believe it's related to surfing. But then on the flip side, you had a body of work and a business at that point that most people never even get to, like you were already running you weren't just walking you were running and you were starting to pick up speed so you had already built something and were just growing it rather than going all right i dropped out of school here's the plan let me start now you know right yeah i think that that's what made the difference and i mean my dad has drilled it into my head since i was little it's like if you tell somebody you're going to do something you better do it Mm -hmm. and and, uh so i was like okay i'm going to do it and in my head, I'm like, well, that means I better hurry up and figure it out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, it's um, like, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, dude. You're falling out of the, you're falling out of the plane. You better pick, you better figure out how to pull that parachute because otherwise it's right. going to be a long trip down and it's going to be over quick. <laughs> yeah, you got kicked out of the nest. You got to figure out how to yep. fly. Right. That's freaking fantastic. I mean, I knew you, I knew you had success. I knew you were, I knew you'd done a lot as far as, you know, surfboard making and stuff like that, but I had no idea that you did it at that young an age. Like that is really, really impressive because most people, you know, it's, I mean, I was, it's, I was working at full time at 16 too. Like I understand what that's like, but I wasn't starting a business. I was just working a job. I had a, an actual full-time job at 16. I would go to school and then come home and work like six, seven hours. So I, I I'm amazed that you were able to turn that into a business. Like that's fantastic. It's kind of dumbfounded actually. Yeah, it, it was definitely, it was a lot. So from 16 to 19, I was working two jobs. I was doing surfboards, any spare moment I had. And then I was working at this tourist shop down the beach, you know, like my normal summer gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allowed me to kind of build up a little bit of cash to buy the company. 
um, from the from the other guy that uh, he was retiring. So how long how long did you uh, how long did you do the boards for? I did the, from sixteen to thirty two, so okay. sixteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. I did. I had a basically a full career. You know, I started so young that when I tell people I retired from surfboards, they're like, "How old are you?" I'm like, well, <laughs> I started really young. You know. So. Um, you know, I was I was in the womb and I had a shore foam plane. Like that's that's how I, I surfed rolled. out the womb. <laughs> I yeah. Surfed out the womb. That's it. The water broke and it was the first wave I ever caught. <laughs> that might be the, that might be the name of the episode. Is an understand. <laughs> Surfing out the womb. I love that's that. a that's a Jimmy Duresta uh, episode title. That is a very Jimmy Duresta episode title. Hundred percent. So you you finish you you have a whole career. You have a whole career. Right. You're so, thirty two years old. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Well, before that, I actually I sold the business that I bought. Um, mm-hmm. I sold it maybe like four years later. So that business it was building boards, but it was doing private label boards. So. There was like, I don't know, 20 something companies, boards that were made. And I had employees doing that whole side. I had no interest in it. But what it did was it let me, it let me get my stuff into a factory where I could do my stuff. So mm-hmm. it was like, a, an e- it was an easy way to get in. Right. Right. And, uh, well, not easy, but it was a way to get in. Easier than trying to just put your own stuff out there. Right. And just yeah. trying to get a building that could meet code and all that. Cause like, I mean, they, there's crazy rules for it. Um, so, you know, unless you're doing it in your backyard and nobody knows, <laughs> but, um, so, so then I actually, I sold that business. And when I sold that business, I actually opened up a surf shop. So we had a retail store. Um, so I had the factory going and I had a retail store at the same time down at the oceanfront. And so that was kind of what, that's probably really what burned me out to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. I was just like going crazy working all the time. And, um, so when my first son was born, I, I'd been around the chemicals for 16 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I'd tell my wife, I'm like, I, I think it's time for me to kind of get out. And she's like, yes, you have got to get out of this. She's like, you come home reeking of resin all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just bad. It's just bad stuff. You know, even doesn't matter how much PPE you have, you're still getting exposure, you know? Yeah. And you keep it, it sits in your, it sits in like your nostrils too. Like you're sitting there and it's not even around you, but you're breathing it in. Like it's just, you're all, it's always there. It's, right. Yeah. And the problem is, is like, I could walk in there and I don't smell anything. And then mm. somebody else comes in there like, oh my God, it is so smelly in here. I'm like, really? <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's just when you go, uh-oh, I'm nose blind. <laughs> exa- exactly. Exactly. So, so that's when I decided I, I had already started my pen business at the time. They, they overlapped. I was selling pens out of my surf shop and, um, and online. And, um, so that's when I was like, you know what? Our lease is coming up for this place. I think I'm just going to be gone. I think I'm just going to be done. And, uh, wow. that was it. I just shut. So when, when was that? That was like 2015. Okay. Maybe August of 2015, something like that. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated, but I didn't realize, I don't know. My, I didn't have a timeline for all this stuff with you. So you're yeah. essentially doing everything. And all of this is happening in the last 25 years. Like in just, Wow. Yep. That that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember when you, when then. you first told me that that you did surfboards, Austin. You sent me a couple pictures, and I was I was blown away. I was like, this guy, this guy, he's got some like super skills because there's <laughs> it's a little bit of like what can't you do? And I I know 
I hate to put you on the, like I hate to say that because I know I I would be awkward about that like but the like you can do blacksmithing you can do you can make surfboards you can make leather malls well which we'll talk about but <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's all and they're all very like these aren't minor skills like these aren't no exactly that I guess you, that's it Vincent yeah, yeah exactly they aren't skills that you like pick up and just mingle with other skills these are very right. specific craftsmen right. I like you know high caliber craftsman is an interesting name because you do these craftsmen and artisanal things at a really high level right like you're not just, you're not just knocking out a couple of surfboards no you have a very successful surfboard company and you're private labeling for other companies you don't just make pens you make some of the most beautiful pens i've ever mm-hmm. seen so but you know i gotta i gotta be honest your pens are works they're like works of art i mean yeah. you don't have you don't half ass anything, anything. Right. and to to do so many things a lot of people are good at a lot of things but very few people are great at a lot of things and the stuff you do is just like damn like he's you, well, Vincent, you know what it is I, I, i'm i'm low caliber at like a ton of things <laughs> you're the low caliber I'm, 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 but and there's a few medium caliber things but there's nothing i'm high caliber no, i have no high caliber in my and yeah. in my arsenal either i'll be dead <laughs> honest with you i have i have reasonably higher than medium caliber but that's about <laughs> as high as i go i am better than mediocre and yeah. i'm perfectly okay with that yeah me too me too so where'd the name come from? So actually the name, my uncle that worked for me, he worked with me for like 15 years before he retired. Mm-hmm. He, he came up with the name. We were sitting there um, thinking about it because my whole life I've been, Austin was what everybody knew me by because it was Austin Surfboards, Austin Surf Shop, you know, it's uh, Austin Custom Surf Shop. And um, so uh, <laughs> everybody knew me. Everybody knew my name. I'd go in the water. People would be like, Austin. And I'm like, who is, I have no idea who this is. Like, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't know you, but so I was like, you know nice. <laughs> when, when I was doing the new company, I was like, you know what I'm going to do not name it after myself <laughs> because I just, I just kind of wanted to like, not, I, I just wanted to break that cycle. And, um, my uncle was like, cause we're, at that time I was making almost exclusively bullet pens, which is like pens that are made out of 308 cases, casings unbelievable what yeah, you do they're, with they're beautiful yeah yeah and um he's like you know it'd be a cool name for that high caliber craftsman he's like that way you can do everything but it's also like you know high caliber, high caliber yeah. around it's a high right. caliber. exactly like, yeah that's a good name and uh so that was it and then i messaged my buddy nick that was help was helping us with the uh, forging event i'm like hey what do you think about this he's like cool here's a logo what do you think about that i was like awesome okay i guess i'm going this way you know like it, it just <laughs> everything fell into place but and, you, ha- uh, you do have two accounts, right? Yeah. So I, I have the maker account and then I have my pin business account. Okay. And then I even have my old surfboard account still. That's, I just left it active so people can see. Oh, myself. what is that? Austin surfboards. <laughs> oh, you got a new follower right now. Yeah. I didn't even know that account. was Austin, still What around. is it? Austin surfboards. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Obviously oh, no. hasn't been updated in, I don't even seven years or whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm still. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I want. I've never seen. I've never actually seen your board. Oh my, holy crap! Yeah, right, Vincent. I mean, Damn you. like like I said though, <laughs> like when he when when Austin when you sent me the boards when we first like started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So I yeah. know the I know the process. I understand the process because we've talked about it in the past, and I've heard you talk about it in the past, and I kind of understand the process. But 
this isn't something like surfboards aren't something you just kind of learn by watching YouTube videos. So how did you actually learn the process for making boards? Like what was that? What that, or is it just something that's not as opaque to surfers as it is to non-surfers? No, it's definitely opaque because it's, okay, it's good. <laughs> well, 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 let me correct that. Nowadays it's not, you can see okay. it on YouTube all the time. I was learning pre, you, you know, I'm old. So <laughs> it was pre YouTube um, basically like the very beginning of the internet. And, um, so there was a book, I can't remember the name of it now, but, um, it was published in 1977 and it was basically, I think it was called like surfboard design. Um, something like that. I can't remember exactly. So that was like the only resource I had on how to build a surfboard was this book. And it, oh, wow. it, it basically broke it down like step by step. Um, basically how, how you do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was how you did it in 1977, <laughs> not how you did it in 1998. You and know? the resin, and all those are very different now, I'm sure. Yeah, a little bit. Mainly yeah. just uh, the lack of lead and stuff. <laughs> the <main laughs> lack difference. of the cancer causing. Yeah. Well, yeah, to a certain extent. <laughs> um, so I learned basically from trial and error, which you know, so the way that most people learn is they would go into a surf shop, a, a surfboard factory, and then they would try to be the guy who sweeps up, right? Mm-hmm. And just, mm-hmm. It's like an apprenticeship, basically. So they right, just you start you at know, the bottom. Exactly. And it's like years of that. Mm-hmm. And the guys don't want to show you anything. Like you have to earn your keep and then, and then they'll keep you around. And I was like, I don't have time for that. I want to build boards now. I don't, I'll, I'd rather just teach myself. So in the in hindsight it worked out really well because there was no wrong way to me to build a surfboard um which allowed me to make my board so different than anybody else's because i didn't uh, know i was doing it the wrong way <laughs> right you didn't um, know that you were doing it right right the wrong way right so um so it allowed me to get like these crazy color work uh swirls and stuff keep in mind this is like pre now everybody knows about resin tables and stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is way before that um so river surfboard <laughs> except, but basically <laughs> um so like i was doing swirls and mexican blankets and and which is a different techniques using the resin and um which was popular in like 1966 through 68 well it had died off um over when so without going too deep into surfboard stuff <laughs> it died off during the shortboard revolution and then um started getting popular again in the 90s um right when i was coming to and i was one of the ones that was kind of leading the rush of doing resin tinted things and pigment work. Um, so I hit a, I hit a spot where people were really interested in what I had to sell and, um, our boards, I mean, you can spot them even, even now I can be walking on the beach. I'm like, that's one of my boards, that one way down there a mile away. I can tell it's one of mine just by the colors, you know, mm-hmm. how awesome is that though? Like it's cool. How much pride do you take on that? It's, uh, well, now it's just kind of nostalgic to see them. And right. What's fun, man, I tell you what, so here's, here's what's really funny. So I see boards that I made eight years ago selling for more than I was selling them for brand new because oh. they're like, I guess there's a demand for people want Austin boards and, you know, I, I quit making them. So I created like this false market of like super inflated. <laughs> prices. amazing now. Yeah. You created scarcity in the marketplace. Congratulations. Right. I need to do a um, 
like a out of retirement tour, make a make a couple <laughs> quick bucks. I was just gonna say, like, has it ever? Because based on your success, I mean, I don't know about you know. I'm not gonna speak for Ethan, but I'm pretty sure Ethan and I are on the same page with this one. If I had that level of success with something and I quit, I would constantly be tempted to go back to it. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like, do you ever get that feeling? Like, you know, maybe I should just one weekend. Get a couple, get some supplies, and run off a couple of special edition boards. Charge out the ass for them, and just go. These are limited run Austin surfboards. They will never be made again. This is the last time I'm ever making them. And just really just go for it and try to get as much as you can for them. I, I don't know. I mean, so when I quit, when I was at the point where I was like, I'm done. I was mm-hmm. so burnt out, man. Like, because I'd been doing 16 years of like 12 to 16 hour days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it is not a job for the faint hearted. Like right. you you'll work harder than you ever worked in your life to, to try to make money building surfboards. It's just a rough market. And then when all the cheap imports started coming in, they were selling the cheap imports for about $200 less than my material cost. Oh. So, you know, I'm wow. you're like, how do you compete? Well, the only way you right. can compete is by being like, this is going to sound super conceited, but being so much better than everybody else. Right. right. And not, mm-hmm. not everybody, but the import boards is what mainly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Obviously there's other really good surfboard craftsmen around in the United States, but so you just had to be so much better and willing to do really custom stuff and just, and, and just have better shapes. And, um, so that that, takes a lot to do that. Yeah. It's uh so if you can find somebody who can build surfboards, like, and they can do every single step, that guy can do carpentry. That guy can do like, yeah, right. There's a certain level of talent and skill set overlap. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be a certain kind of person and willing to be able to look, to learn that many different parts because it's just like a crazy different. Uh, the construction of surfboards is insane, so uh, it's just so many different mediums that you have to master at the same time. So if you get guys that are at the, at the top level of that, you could easily move them to another field of work, and they will be in the top of that field as well. Just and, and this, of course, is just my personal belief, but yeah. Um, and like my uncle that came to work for me, that is exactly who he is. He's the guy that, I mean, he, he also had taught me basically everything I know about construction and, you know, and a lot about metalwork and, and anything like that. Um, so that's, I think that's what makes those guys so good is that they can just, they, they learn really fast. I think that is what it is. Always. It's also the ability to just learn really fast and also want to learn. Mm-hmm. really fast like like you were saying earlier uh for your the event that you put on is like there's a there's a certain mentality of like people that just want to learn they're excited to learn and they're listening and they're going to listen and and soak up everything that you're telling them and they and then they go execute it like that's a super cool thing for i don't know i i, I want to surround myself with people like that yeah, yeah i think that's, that's the, the that's the trick isn't it <laughs> Yep, it's the best way to the best people to have around, in my opinion. Yeah. So I have a question. I'm very I'm now I'm genuinely curious. Of the modern boards that are out there, how how many of them are like handmade versus how many like do they machine make the cheaper boards or are they just made by cheaper labor in foreign countries? Like what's what makes the cheaper boards cheaper? I mean, obviously the the craftsmanship 
understandable. We understand that there's a certain level of craftsmanship that's in your boards that wouldn't be in one that's imported from somewhere, you know, out east. Right. But yeah. Like, that, that there, so there's, there's also, so we call them pop outs. Mm-hmm. So that basically, <laughs> it would be like a, a, they, they actually make them in a mold mm-hmm. and then they would pop them out of the mold, which hence the name. So do they like just take a sheet of polystyrene and just compress it in that mold or do they like, is it liquid polystyrene? They pour like, how does that work? It's normally what it is. It's, it's two shells. So it's the top shell and the bottom shell and then they put them together and then they'll glass the rail to to like form them together. Um, it's like basically how you make like a, one of those hollow, uh, Easter bunny, chocolate Easter bunnies. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's perfect. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just as bad, like we'll crack. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is like sad when you get that Easter Bunny, or you think it's going to be all solid chocolate, and then it's hollow. And it's a little yeah. derpy, and you bite the ears off, and it's hollow and horrible. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So equally as sad. No. <laughs> equally as sad, and a lot more expensive too. Yeah. Exactly. So you 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 go from you go from surfboards to super high end artisanal pens, which is a very again a very specific thing and then you become a metal snob so like <laughs> yeah, well, it, it always i always find it funny i always find it funny because you know i, I don't know anyone I, i'm you know just in my in my circle of people that i know i don't know anyone that's like a metal person you're the only metal person i know i mean obviously i, I tangentially know other people that are quote metal people but you are the metal guy and you know if i have a question about metal I know who I'm going to, and it isn't anyone but you. Well, you know what I, else it is, Vincent? Too is like, I you do you do leather work, Austin. You do like everything that I do. You also do, and then you do a million other things as well, and and like at the same high caliber uh, level. Like it's just it's it's amazing. So I think this is where you're going, Vincent. Sorry to interrupt, but like, that's okay. how did you like? you have so many skills and how did you acquire all those like mediums and those skills? So uh, my wife will say that I'm like an addict and like I have an addiction to learning things. So like if Mm -hmm. I, if I I get into something, I'm a hundred percent in like, there's no, right. There's no middle ground. I'm just devouring every bit of content, every bit of information, every, like anything about it. I'm like, and you know this, cause I, when I was working on some leather stuff, I'll message mm-hmm. you and I'm like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? You know? Right. Oh yeah, totally. And I use every source at my disposal. Disposal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the more things that you do, uh, the better you get at everything, you know, like right. you're, you're just a fast, you're a quicker study on every single one. Because you have you're you're drawing certain areas of expertise, you know. Believe it or not, a bunch of my metalwork stuff that I do now is from sanding surfboards. I learned how to grind stuff. I learned, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like I learned how to polish. I learned how to do. In fact, the polish that I use right now is my old surfboard polish because I like it better than the metal polishes that they sell. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I think that that's what it is. I think that the the more you do and the more you're willing to be open to learning, um, the, 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 the better that you'll get. And that's what, and I'm, I strive. So <laughs> I always strive to be like, could I, like whatever I'm building, would I be comfortable selling this to somebody? And if yeah. the answer is no, yep. you better get your ass back in there and fix it to where mm. it is. And that's what, so that's why YouTube's hard for me 
(laughs) because I'm like, I'm spending forever making these things. And I'm like, you know, I could just turn, turn it the other way and take a picture from the back, you know, but, but like in my brain, I can't, I'm like, no, I just got to fix it. Cause what if somebody comes and looks at it, you know, that's all they've eat. I don't know. It's like a weird thing that I have. No, I, I get that. Yeah, no. And, and we've talked about like, there's like, you made me a couple things that are absolutely amazing. And I'm like, Oh, do you want me to promote those to sell them? And you're like, uh, I don't know, you know, but <laughs> I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that because you are you like, you don't want to sell something that you're not, well, one that you don't want, can't, you know, can't make a good profit on and that I'm the same way about that as well. But like, you also, you, you just kind of like, if I haven't mastered it, I don't want it out there. Right. Is that sure. fair? I mean, yeah. Is that fair? No, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. and not only that, but like the stuff I've made you, I'm like, I, I can't even approach a number that I would need to, to, to be able to sell yeah. these to people, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Exactly. And that's why I, I so much prefer making stuff for YouTube because number yeah. one, it's something new each time. And number two, I can, I don't have to try. I, like, I don't care if right. I pour 15 hours into it. I'm not selling it, you know? Yeah. So mm. it, it doesn't, it, none of that matters. What matters is that I'm happy with it at the end. Yep. yep. So that's why YouTube is so, inviting for me because i'm like well number one i don't have to make a pen <laughs> number two right. i can be i can make whatever i want so once once you get in the rhythm of i'm the type of person which is weird that i built surfboards and then now pens i don't want to build the same thing twice but i'm in these businesses where i make hundreds of them a year <laughs> so right. for thousand right. pens i make thousands and thousands of them a year so um that's it's the youtube is the uh you like how I'm calling it the YouTube, right? The YouTube. Is, <laughs> the YouTube. Uh... <laughs> no, but I, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think, and I've talked about it so many times, and I struggle with that as well. It's it's like, I don't want to make the same thing twice, and I also don't want to make something that has to be perfect, because that's not what it has to be. What like It's about kind of the journey and like showing people how you made it and, and, and exploring what what you can make and you can make so many things like it does that make sense i don't know yeah i think so so like like i want to do leather and i want to do i don't really want to do woodworking to be honest but <laughs> a little bit of woodworking would be okay <laughs> i love how you hate woodworking by the way it's just i know you don't hate it hate it but i love the the condescension that comes out of your voice when you start talking about tree carcasses like it just it just makes me laugh. I find it's, it. It, so it is amazing. nice though because everyone loves woodworking, you know, and and, just, and the audiences love woodworking. And you are just complete and yeah. utter disdain for it. It's yep. hysterical to me. It's just so messy. It's just it's all over my. <laughs> it's just ever. And I did that. I did. I had. I was messy for sixteen years. You know, mm-hmm. I was covered right, in foam right. dust every day, and so now, I, like, I see wood dust floating. I'm like, ugh, get me out of here. <laughs> you, you know, I see that you as Austin. Though I also see you as someone that could like really come up with some creative, not like, not completely reinventing the wheel, but someone that makes really good solution like inventions and patents for simple things that drive people nuts. Does that make hmm. sense? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I've never really. Well, well, no. I mean, we've talked about it before, like the centering, the centering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to talk about that because I have an idea and we're going to talk about it later. But, um, but <laughs> no, but there's, but I feel like it's, it's not like game changer, like completely revolutioning, 
revolutionary ideas. It's more about like, here's something that drives people that do these things nuts. How do I, like, I have a way to kind of twist it in a way that will make their life easier. I see you as that kind of person and that kind of inventor. And I, I think there is something there for you. Bill, just got to figure out which mousetrap to make better. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, that's right. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I really like that. I got to figure out what mousetrap to make better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's dude, that's that might be your that might be your um your sage-like advice for the audience today. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what is so now that you've kind of dipped your toe in all the necessary waters, like what What's the thing that you're excited to try next? Because there's got to be something. I think we all have that one thing where it's like, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. And I'm going to I'm going to get into that. I feel like he's already done all of the things. I know. And, and this is the thing. Like someone like you that's done so many things, it's kind of hard to go, oh, no, I want to try this because I haven't tried it yet because you've pretty much tried everything. But is there anything that you're looking forward to trying or something you want to give us give a world to? That like you- paper mache. You're super excited yeah. about paper mache. Cross-stitch. Counting counted cross stitch <laughs> is very difficult, and I'm just wondering if that's you know on your in your future. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I want to get better at machining mm-hmm. um, than I am. You know, I, well, that's a con- you know that's a constant thing. Just want to get better at everything that I'm currently doing. I definitely right. want to you know keep learning. Um, I really want to try one of those rug tufting guns. Like, um, I know, right? Uh, what's I have Keith? one sitting right here Keith waiting Decent. for me to start using it. Yeah, yep. Keith, yeah Decent. Keith Decent. Oh yeah. my gosh, I feel yep. like he's inspired ever all of us. Like, he has done wants more. Him. He has done yeah. more. He has done absolutely more for to the get carpet people industry tufting, tufting rugs than anyone else. Like, there are people that have YouTube channels. There's a there's a whole subreddit. There's a whole community of rug tufters. But if you ask anyone. Who who inspired them or who got them started doing no, it's it? Definitely Keith. Everyone says Keith decent. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get to be at his level. I just want to do it a few times. <laughs> right, just have fun with it. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. want to make one cool rug. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this much. I will say this much. As someone who's tried it, I feel like it's one of those things that if you give yourself the space to do it, it's all you're ever going to do. Like it's <laughs> it's so Super much addicting. fun. I have I have the gun. And the only thing stopping me is I've been doing so many other things. The gun is going to be my reward when all the other things are done. But the gun is sitting here just waiting, waiting for me to start using it. And I'm so excited about the possibilities and what you can make with it. And it's just, oh, it's so soothing and satisfying. It's just wonderful. But yeah, sorry. I get get really, really into talking about it, even though I've only ever done it once. (laughs) It's, It's a little bit crazy. But yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. If if that wasn't going to be my answer, I would say I want to get, learn TIG, TIG welding. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can do MIG, I can do stick, um, but I don't have a TIG. And that's definitely uh, where I, I definitely want to get some of that. It would just open up so many more builds for me. And um, right. it's so clean. It's like a really clean welding process. It's not popping and cracking and sending, you know, little uh, molten BBs all over my shop. So I, I'd like to get into that as well those are probably the two things that i would like to try i should point out that austin you know austin did want did something for me a couple of months back i bought this um i bought this little jewelry anvil on ebay and i'm like i got it and i'm like oh man this thing is really 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 bowed like it had a really rounded top and a really rounded bottom 
And I use that thing all the time now. It's absolutely fantastic. And Austin flattened it for me and did a beautiful job of it. So I only own two things that you've made or done. One is my anvil and the other is the ice pick. pick. The ice pick is just Mm because I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I got Jimmy's first. I got Jimmy's ice pick first. And I was like, and I I got yours and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I wasn't, (laughs) don't take this the wrong way. I don't know that I was expecting it to be on the level it was. Like it is, it's beautiful. It's up here in my jewelry studio and Jimmy's is downstairs in my apron and I use it downstairs when I do woodworking stuff. But yeah, I keep it with me all the time and I use it constantly. And it's just, it's, I don't know, getting a taste of what you made, getting a taste of what you make was like, wow, I, you know. I appreciated your stuff from the pictures, but having it in my hand, it's just, whoa, it's really nice. <laughs> um, literally, I'm li- literally looking over at my leatherworking station, which is right to the left of my workbench. Mm-hmm. And I have the ice pick and the leather mall that you made me awesome. And both of those are like literally everyday go-to tools. Cool. Yeah. I love, I think that's one of the things that I like making the most is, is tools, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, I, to, I completely understand that. I, w- I would be the same way. Like knowing that someone is using something like using something I made to make, make more things. How cool is that? Yeah, right. You're enabling creativity. Yeah. <laughs> what, one of the things I love is when, when, when I spoke to Dean, was it, uh, was it last? No, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Dean. I missed it. Um, he talked so fondly of you. Like it was just, and you know, if, if for anyone that's in our discord, you know that, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, like good natured fun back and forth between Dean and Austin. But man, when, when, when I got Dean talking about you, it was just a whole different ball game. Like, I feel like, it was like really it's like a borderline bromance i mean it, it really is like i <laughs> no but I, like yeah but in like a, like a really great yeah, way it's, yeah it's wonderful like yeah. you're, you're you guys have a friendship that just it's it's fantastic like it's i don't want to say a friendship is inspirational because you don't want a friendship to be inspirational but it's it's just you guys really do have an amazing amount in spite of the sniping you do at each other which is definitely <laughs> in good fun but you really do have an amazing amount of respect for each other. It's wonderful to see. Yeah, for sure. He's he's a talented guy. How and, did you guys uh, meet? Through the Zoom. Through the um, through, through the Zoom. Discord, Wait a minute. Yeah. You didn't know each other before before the Zoom, so you've only known each other like a little over a year. Then. Yeah, I mean, we really got to know each other pretty much right before we started a podcast together. So that's so wow. funny. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, but Dean and I kind of we we we're the same kind of people, so we yeah, play, for sure real fast and yeah. Um, and then when I found out he could you know take a little bit of hazing, I was like, oh, <laughs> here it comes. You know? <laughs> you know, once you find out someone can take a punch, you're much more willing to throw one, right? <laughs> That's exactly. How it works. And then you decide because basically everyone in our Discord has a podcast. You know, you guys are just like, you know what? We're going to start one too. Why the hell not? So, um, how did that podcast come to be? And I, 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 and I'm sorry, Dean. By the way, if you're listening, I'm really sorry if I asked you this question. I don't remember if I asked this question, and if I did, I'm really, really sorry. But maybe Austin can tell us how this po- how the Making Our Way podcast came to be. Yeah, I think I think you did ask him, but I'll give you my okay. version. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> another perspective. It's fine. Uh, just me, to point it out, by the way, we do we have now had all three hosts on the show. Yeah. 
But Christy, we had long before this podcast was a glimmer in anyone's eyes. I, th- so. I think Austin's the only one that I've actually been on, though. I think I, I think I missed Christie's no, as well. Christy, no, we would do video for that one. Yeah, that was the one we had to do on Streamyards because Christie's internet. Oh, sucked. okay, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so so it was actually me and Christy just talking back and forth. We would always joke around the Discord about starting a podcast, and it was strictly a joke. And then um, I don't know what happened. Some, at one point, she was like, "Somebody said something." And I was like, "Christy, you free Tuesday?" And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And then she messaged me. And she's like, are you serious? And I was like, ah, well, I don't care or whatever. Yeah, you want to do one? I, was like, <laughs> I have a microphone. Yeah. And uh, so then um, the more that I thought about it, the more that I was like, you know, I'm not really um, the talkative type. <laughs> like I'm cool with being in the podcast and like being backup, but I'd really rather somebody else like be the the lead, you know? And, um, <coughs> Ethan, <coughs> that's my role. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's why me and vincent work that's, that's right ethan's doing the intro next week oh yeah well that'll be that'll be a real good way to train wreck the episode yeah. sorry yeah. go on uh, trust me anytime they're like austin you're handling this one i'm like are you serious like is yeah, this yeah. what you want is this where you want to be <laughs> you, you really you, you really you think this is a smart decision all right <laughs> and uh yeah so i was like uh we should t- so dean actually wrote to me and he was like hey if you guys ever need somebody to kind of kick in the host every once in a while if somebody's going to miss or whatever. And I was like, Hey, I've got a better idea. How about you come be the host and I'll sit further back and you and Chris <laughs> run the show. You know, I'm really good at delegating work. So I was like, you guys can be in charge and I'll just kick back, you know? Um, <laughs> nice. I, I love the interaction between the three of you guys. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun for sure. Yeah. Um, this, I, my personality is sometimes a little too, um, wild for so i i have to be edited <laughs> um but uh but no it's really fun with those guys and um i enjoy it i i enjoy it way more than i thought i was gonna enjoy it i thought mm-hmm. i would get over it really fast and um it's just fun to like check in with them every week i guess it's kind of like you guys you know you're, mm-hmm. yeah for sure um I think we talk to each other more during the week than you guys do, but I would um, hope so because we don't, we literally don't literally, talk to each other. I, don't, I didn't talk literally to you. Yeah. do not talk to each other. <laughs> so. We keep it fresh. That's, that's what yeah, I like our, to think. Our, everything we say to each other on this show is spontaneous because we literally don't speak to each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what, how you develop some good content because yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. normally during the week, it's just me um, talking trash sending stuff back and forth to Chris and it's, it's not anything <laughs> productive. It's just me being, well, me what, being I think, me. what I think is amazing. What I think is amazing. And you, you know, to the credit of the three of you, um, you you have, you, none of you had any real experience podcasting. I mean, you may have guessed it on a podcast every now and then, but you didn't have any experience in yet. Like hosting. Yeah. You hit your stride. I Super always notice, quick. like yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm sitting above you, looking down, going, "Wow, you, you guys are doing well." But it's something you notice when you, when you do podcasts for a long time and you listen to them for a long time, and you catch a new one that's just getting started up, and you, you, you kind of go along for the ride on the ramp up, and you're like, "Ooh, first episode's a little rough." All right, right well, right. you know what? It's the first episode. That's cool. And the second, usually it takes about three episodes to really kind of get into your rhythm and whatever. You guys kind of hit your stride around the second time. Like the first episode mechanically was rough, but the content was there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good podcast. Like this is going to be good. And then the second one, it's like, you guys are just chatting like old friends. I'm like, damn, they got this going really fast. You guys just, you clicked. And 
it was kind of obvious that you had a kind of a friendship connection other than the podcast. And it came through in how quickly you guys warmed up and the dialogue got a little looser and the show format kind of got a little more comfortable. It just felt a little more cozy, a little more conversational. And now it's like, oh yeah, y'all just get together every week and have a conversation. And if there's a guest, there's a guest. And that's kind of cool. I love it. I love it. It definitely, the part with the guest to me is like the most awkward part because it's Mm -hmm. like you're trying to, you know, deal with their personalities and stuff that you're not used to. So I definitely tend to be way more quiet during that part. And then when it's just because we do different segments, you know, with where it's just us as the host and then we do the guest segment and then we do like a, a topic discussion. And um, I'm way more active during those things. And to be honest, that's where I'm more interested, like talking about certain tools or, or whatever. And um, I think we have a good dynamic because of everybody's different. I mean, I've kind of been making my whole time, the whole time I've been, you know, in my adult years, I've been a, a maker and Christy was kind of fresh to it. Uh, and later in life and Dean's kind of been, you know, tinkering his whole, his whole life too. So mm-hmm. we have, we have really different um, perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. But yet, but yet you complement each other really well. Like it's not yeah, for sure. It, it, it almost is like you have like a hive mind, but just different sections of it. Like it's kind of cool. I like, I do like the chemistry that the three of you have. I, I like it. I, I like, it's one of the, it's one of the same reasons that I like clamp. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I yeah, feel like, for sure. I feel like Mor- Morley Grant and Adam are the same way. It's like, wow. Cause I'm not going to lie if I had to deal with another host, like, okay, you know, me and Ethan, we can work together. We've worked together long enough where it's like, it's not that big a deal for us to work together, but man, bring on a third host. I'd be pulling my damn hair out. Like I've, I've talked about it on the show. Like there are moments where I have a train of thought and Ethan will just pop in with a question. And then the whole train of thought's gone. Like, it's like, Oh, uh -oh. all right, Ethan, you've, you've changed the direction on this train. Here we go. You switch tracks. Let's move. And, I can't imagine juggling that with two other two other yeah (laughs) like oh my god I would just be pulling my hair out by the end of the episode like I I'm not a control freak but I would feel like I had no control over what's going on which I guess makes me a control freak I don't know but (laughs) I I, so what you were saying when you were saying that you kind of sit back during the the interviewee parts a little bit more than you do in the regular parts I kind of understand that because it's really hard Mm -hmm. to do a good interview with a lot of people asking the questions and one person just sitting there like a Supreme court solicitor, just getting fired. It's like, but what do you think? But what do you think? But how about this? What about this? And it's like, yeah, that's kind of hard. Yep, exactly. And, and then, um, they'll be like, Austin, we want you to run this one. Cause you know more like about this guy's area. I'm like, okay, I'll give it my best go. And then I'm like two questions in, and I'm typing to Dean in the private chat, like, please effing save me. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, hey, you <laughs> have that moment when you have like the, the flops, the flop sweat starts, where it's like, oh god, I got. Not-. We've had guests, and Ethan and I have mm-hmm. talked afterwards. We've had a lot of guests that have come on, and you know, we expect them to be like the person they are on YouTube, you know, because I mean, let's be honest, that's how we figure out mm-hmm. who we're going to have on. We watch them on YouTube. We're like, oh, they got a really good personality. They'd be good to talk to when they come on. And it's a bunch of one word answers. Right. And it's like, oh, God, oh, God, we're screwed. How are we going to get through a whole right. podcast with one word answers? And eventually, I think we've never had it. We've only ever had one guest that had a little trouble just opening up at all. But we made it work, right? Mm-hmm. 
most of the time it takes a few minutes and then it's like, okay, good. The cork's out. Everything's going to be cool. We're fine. We can sit back a little bit, you know, but man, that's, I totally relate to that sweat. Like, you know, sometimes you will get 12 minutes into an episode. I'm like, Oh God, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> and I'm just praying like, Ethan, please have something. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. No, but I think that is what it is though. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a little bit of like the, yeah, all right. Well, what 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 you're saying, Vincent? Uh, pull back the we'll open the kimono. Yeah, open the kimono. Pull back uh-huh. the kimono. Um, but that's the trick with podcasting is yeah. is finding that balance and and having co-hosts that can kind of like juggle that with you guys because we're very we're very different, Vincent. Right? Like, yeah. I I like I cannot. I could never do the opening to a show or anything like that, but we have that little back and forth. And when there's a guest, that's just not, I guess that's struggling and, and and that's not their fault, right? They're just not a natural. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you bring them? How do you bring it out of them? And that's a super talent to, to kind of have. Right. And, and sometimes you can do it. Sometimes I can do it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. We, we have to do it together, you know. We love, I mean, and I, I know you guys have had a lot of them too. You know, we love having first timers on. In fact, oh, yeah, the guest that we were going to have tonight, who's now our guest next week, um, it's her first podcast. Yeah. And she, she's like, yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's my first podcast. I'm right, like, super okay, nervous. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hey, it's going to be fine. Like, we'll make sure it's fine. Like, I think that's where, I think that's where you kind of start building up your credibility as, as a podcaster. When you can have a guy like you, you guys have had guys on that just have no social media presence, right? Right. Which is a remarkable thing to me because I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's that's our guest pool. Our guest pool is YouTube. I go through YouTube and Instagram and go, who would make an interesting guest? Who would we like to talk to? Who would be interesting to talk to? You guys go. All right, let me open up my Rolodex here, yeah. you know, and see who I can call. You know, so the episode yeah, that's you actually the a surfboard good question was fascinating to me, and. I am not into surfboards at all. Like surfing means, I'm sorry to say, but it means nothing to me. But right. I still listened to that whole episode, and that dude that you had on was great. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. <laughs> and um, I, so they wanted me to interview him, and I was like, no, guys, like that doesn't make any sense because I'm going to talk to him about high level stuff that nobody knows what we're talking right, about. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I was like, who needs to interview him? Somebody from the Midwest. I love it. Chris yeah, some, someone who doesn't that's interview. not into the whole surfboard. Yeah. Like it's actually a more interesting interview if someone that's not into it, right? Yeah, that's that's that, what viewpoint I took on it. Plus I didn't want to do the interview. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love I love I love just the image of of Christy as like um like a total surfer girl. Like I think that's just magnificent. Like she's because the first thing she said when she started when she came on to talk to you know when that guy came on it was like so i'm a midwest girl and i know nothing about surfing and i'm just smiling i'm like this is such a christy way to start off like i just love it i yeah, absolutely love absolutely. it so. that's so that's what i like about our dynamic is that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i never know where christy's gonna come from like <laughs> like I, I normally i know like dean i'm like okay this is probably the angle he's gonna take which he'll, right, he'll surprise right. me sometimes as well but i i'm i never am positive which way christy's gonna go with it and um which i think is what makes it so interesting and mm-hmm. then and then i'm very opinionated about certain things like mm-hmm. measures uh certain tools that should be thrown away like scroll saws 
Um, <laughs> there's just like certain things that I have like a zero tolerance. Right. And I think that that's what makes it like, so they'll say something and I'm like, I completely disagree, you know, like, <laughs> and just bring it in. So um, I think that that's what makes it, and also what makes it fun, fun. I'm hoping it's fun to listen to, but it's more, it's more fun for me when I come in there and give them a hard time. You know? Well, I, I think that's also, it's also important. If you're going to do a podcast every week, you also have to have fun. Uh, yeah. And, and like have those little things that like make you be like, Oh, like, uh. It's so, it's okay to be it's okay to be not interested in doing the podcast leading up to the podcast. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. I mean, I think I, this every week, Vincent. We've yeah, talked about I, this before. I swear to you, yeah. dude. It's every sometimes, week. sometimes yeah. at like five to eight, I'm yep. like, do I have to? Right. And exactly. then it's like I get started. I'm like, no, this is fun. I'm, I do enjoy this. Like I forget how much I enjoy it. And no, the, I love and it. I, I only forget yeah. it on Monday night. By the way, I just mm-hmm. want you to know, I only forget it Monday. Like Tuesday, yep. as I'm slogging away doing all the socials and whatever. I'm I'm happy. I'm like, no, this is good. The episode came out good. It mm-hmm. sounds good. Everything's gonna be mm-hmm. fine. But man, Monday night from mm-hmm. about six thirty till about eight o'clock, it's like, oh, <laughs> do <laughs> no. I have to do this? Right. No. Like, if I backed out, would anyone be mad at me? And the answer is yes. <laughs> they would be very mad at you. <laughs> but um, you know who's not going to be mad at us? Who? Our audience when they hear our things of the week. Oh, uh, good segue. Uh, I, I try. Um, and Austin, since he's a veteran listener of Because We Make, I'm sure he has a killer recommendation for us for his thing of the week. Yeah. So mine, um, I think it would be cool and uh, to do Morley's video that he just released of the High Caliber Camp. So people can kind of see what we did. Yeah. Um, he did a great job on the video. It, was, it really had like, he really captured the feel of the, what it was like, which I thought was unbelievable. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, at that level of um, YouTube video making that I could capture. Storytelling. That. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's killer at it. So that's going to be my pick of the week. Um, and uh, Morley's video. I can't remember what it was. I think it was, Oh, uh, smashing metal with my homies or something like that. <laughs> something, yeah, something like, like that, that. Yeah. I will definitely, I'll find the video and I'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah. I Morley does. he, I feel like he is underrated in his own. It, it, oh, so it's called Smash and Metal. Yeah, Smash and Metal with my homies. High Caliber <laughs> Camp 2021. Um, I feel like he's underrates himself sometimes with how great his video. He, he does a great job of editing videos and storytelling, to your point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he understands. See, something that morally, and I think it's because of, and maybe if I'm wrong, I'm sure he'll tell me, but I think it's partially because of his association with Ryan. Yeah. Um, he just understands making just movies in general. I think right. he understands that on a level that a lot of us, and you know, no matter how much experience we have, we just don't. Right. We don't. We will never understand it the way Morley does. Yeah. Um. And I just and that's cool. Like I mean, we'll get to obviously we're, we all get better at everything that we do, but there's a there's a a deeper understanding that some people have of some things, and that's one of that's one of the things I really appreciate about Morley's style. Always have. Like I think he's just one of the best maker video makers. Yeah. That we that we not only that we know, but might actually be in the space. And it's only a matter of time before everybody is just like it's you know Morley Duresta, you know. <laughs> we said that early on. He's like we a, did. We he's really like a did, young actually. he's a young Duresta. 
I think we said that the the episode before he came on, I think we were talking about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we did say that. Good. I'm glad we said it and it's on record. So that when <laughs> it happens, we can say we're not just jumping on the bad rag- bandwagon. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one, Austin. That's yeah. a good pick. He's, he's um, way taller in person. Than he, looks, he, really? he looks kind of lanky. That's yeah, still, he's pretty tall. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's a I really nice. Yeah, I, I can't wait to meet him and Grant and you, Austin and Dean. Like, I feel like we need to have a podcast maker meetup. Let's do it. I've got well, then the then we would just be everybody there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what we just did, minus you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, you know this this whole house selling and divorce thing. It just. Uh, Ugh, garbage gets in the way of all the fun. <laughs> um, I just want to ask one question before we go on to um, Ethan's thing of the week. I noticed that you put the year after it when you mention it every single time. So does that mean there's going to be a high caliber camp 2022? Oh, um, yeah, I think so. It's, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. Um, so the biggest thing that I'm worried about is like how many people can we have and right. still have the same amount of vibe? Fun? Yeah. Cause like, you know, I mean, I have 10 acres and it's, it's, we can space out, but I, you know, it's, it's just, I don't want it to be worse. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want people to be like, Oh, you should have been here the first year. It was way better. <laughs> you know, mm. I want it to be the same level of interaction and everybody gets to have fun. And it was just such a fun event that, um, and nobody got hurt, which was my number one goal. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know what that number is. I think we were getting close to max capacity, to be honest. Okay. Um, unless unless I was able to come up with a really good idea for, to create more space or to create more uh, different projects or something like that. So um, as of right now, my wife has not throwing the idea in the trash can so <laughs> potentially <laughs> we will have it in next year <laughs> good enough good enough okay so there you go you have it you heard it here first there may there's a chance that there will be a second one um but just so you know you're not going to get to choose before ethan and i know about it so there you go so if there's a limit a limit we'll know before you so we'll get to go um go. Maybe who who knows what's going to happen next year? I mean, I already got a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. I'm selling my house. I I can only imagine what's coming next year that's going to stop me from going. So we'll see. (laughs) You know what I need to do? I need to make certain pens with golden tickets, and they just ah yes, (laughs) a high caliber uh, ticket, the Willy Wonka style. Yep, (laughs) yep. And then the old man who, for whatever reason, sits in bed all day can start dancing when he wins chocolate. Ethan, you want to go next with your thing of the week? Uh, yeah, I feel like I already did my thing. So my thing of the week was going to be Make 48, which uh, anyone that's interested, I, it, it, it was a super fun event. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give, can I give a couple quick shout outs um, as my things of the week to the other makers that were there? Sure. This so, ought to be fun to make in the, so, in the carousel t- on Thursday. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, good luck, Vincent. Um, uh, yeah, no, there's a ton of ton of people, but um, t- some of our crew was um, Lucas of Man Made in MA. So M A N N Made in MA on Instagram. 
great guy. And then his girlfriend, they're a couple, is uh, Crafts by Drew. Let me make sure I get that right. Hold on. Dre. Uh, yeah, cra- Dre. Crafts with Drew. Crafts with Dre. Oh, my God. I already said it wrong. Sorry. Sorry, Dre. Um, oh, wow. It's Crafts with Dre, D-R-E. Okay. Um, she's awesome. She does a lot of resin work. I was and then say, Lindsay of, of uh, Woodbrain. With resin. Wait, what? I was, was going to say, speaking of people who are good with resin, yeah, she's she's talented. Oh, she's she's amazing, and probably one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. She's super super nice, um, and those two are a power couple for sure. Um, and then Lindsay from Woodbrain, uh, she is an amazing talent from California. Uh, so shout out to her, and then Tyler of Wooden Whiskers. Uh, let me make sure I got that right. But Wooden Whiskers, uh, and he also works for um, Jeff Bezos. Uh, like the what is it? Blue, Blue, uh, Blue Horizon. No, Blue or something with our oh, the the space company. Yeah, isn't it Blue Horizon? Um, hold on. <laughs> well, Wood Wood Wooden Whiskers Trading is his Instagram, and okay. yes, I will find out, but. Yeah, I don't know. But yes, whatever the Amazon, Blue, whatever. Uh, all, all of them are super awesome people. They they were fun to hang out with. Super nice people. So shout out to all of them. So Cool. Blue Origin. Blue, Blue Origin. Origin. Yes, thank That's you. I keep, okay. th- I keep thinking Blue Orchid, and I'm like, that is the <laughs> stupidest name for a spaceship. Yeah, and, that wouldn't and work very well. It is. That is the stupidest name for a spaceship, and that's why it's not named that. So. That's why it's not named that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> cool. All right, yeah, so uh, Ethan's Ethan's homies are going to be the uh, – I'll have the links to them. They were all. super nice. They were super great people, super talented people, so super cool. fun. Very good. I'll have all their uh, Instagrams in the show notes. Okay. So I don't usually do a lot of things of the week, and I'm going to try to not... I'm not doing multiple things of the week. There is only one thing of the week. However, I have to give three honorable mentions before I give my thing of the week. <laughs> so That's you the are, kind but... of weekend it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so honorable mention number one is a show on Netflix that I just discovered called Metal Shop Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and awesome. holy crap, is that a fun show. Awesome. Um, I find the judges utterly insufferable. Yep. <laughs> but I really like the show. The show is great. Um, it's think um, I don't know how to put it. Maybe forged in fire, but from metal crafting. Mm-hmm. And dude, there is some crazy things on that show. Like I saw things done with metal that I've never seen done with metal before. Just beautiful art pieces, very clever mechanisms. Um, just a, it's a really good show. This is a really good show. And if you're into competition reality shows, it's a good one. But that's not my thing of the week. I also watched a new show, a show on Netflix called Midnight Mass. If you're not into horror, Midnight Mass is not for you. If you're into horror, Midnight Mass is 100% for you. It is an absolutely brutal, bloody, terrifying horrible show that you're going to just be so sucked into and you won't be able to stop watching it. Um, I started watching it on Friday night and I finished it Saturday morning. It's six episodes and I finished it over the course of one night and one morning. It's that good. Um, if you're, I forgot that I think it's house on haunted Hill was this guy's show. Um, he, and another, there was another show or 
he's a, the guy that made it is very famous in horror. I'm not a real horror guy, but the show looked interesting. So I watched it and it's absolutely brilliant. It was one of the better shows I've ever watched. That's awesome. But that's that's not my thing of the week. <laughs> I <laughs> also watched, to sound like Ethan here. I know. I, know, I, I know. Hear it, Yeah. I also watched the prequel to The Sopranos on HBO Max called oh, The yeah. Many Saints of Newark. Yeah. What do you think? Utterly spectacular. If you're really? a fan of The Sopranos, ah. it's one of the best things that's ever been on television. It's, that makes me so happy because I, I was so worried that it was going to be horrible. It's amazing. It's two hours and 10 minutes and it's just utterly amazing. It's it's amazing. And awesome. Michael Gandolfini playing his father mm-hmm. is just – I'm getting goosebumps because it's so uncanny. Like it looks like it was per- – <laughs> it looks like he was perfectly cast. Like they found a guy that was basically – or that they did some digital stuff to James Gandolfini to make him um, to Tony, young Tony Soprano. So, But that's not my thing of the week. <laughs> I know. There was I feel so like this is going to be my new thing. Like now, every time I can just be like, "That's not my thing." Of the That's week. not my thing of the week. Okay, but my thing of the week, my thing of the week is something that I feel like every Tom, Dick, Harry, their two brothers and their six closest cousins are watching or have watched, and it's the Squid Game. And I know this is not going to be unique or interesting. So or, original. I know, right? <laughs> I, I am literally. I feel like I'm literally following the crowd with this one, but I got to tell you. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart with no hyperbole. It is one of the best things I've ever seen on television. So, it, like, let me ask you, like, my impression was kind of like, like Hunger Games. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, I literally I've not seen anything, but I'm just okay. like. It's it's kind of if <laughs> it's kind of if Battle Royale, the movies, yeah. Battle yeah, yeah. Royale, which are great movies if you've yeah. never seen them. Um, but it's kind of if Battle Royale and Takahishi's Castle had a kid, they would make <laughs> this TV show. All right. I'm in. It is incredibly brutal, like to a level of brutality that only an Asian television show could pull off. Like that's I'm not even kidding. I've watched a lot of Asian television shows and they just do brutality better than anyone else. Like they get it right. It's gratuitous. I'm not going to pretend it's not. Uh, it's incredibly violent. It's incredibly. There's a. Um, I wouldn't let my young children watch this. Like I would say, hard eighteen on this one. I'm not even kidding. Like a hard eighteen, maybe even a twenty-one, <laughs> because <laughs> there was some scenes I watched, and I think in this, I think it's the second episode, something happens that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the show. And you're just, your jaw just drops and you're like, Oh my God, is that what this whole show is going to be? <laughs> and pro tip it is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the squid game, 100% my thing of the week. It is, I mean, it's a high bar for anything to reach what this show has achieved. And I really do think a second season, I, as much as I want one, would actually be a bad idea. Bad idea, yeah. Just because like I think one it's and done. Work. So this show was actually developed in 2007 and 2008, um, as as and it was called Round Six. That was the name of it originally. And they came up with a they wanted to come up with a better name, so they came up with the Squid Game because it would get people's attention. And it's just it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I hate to recommend. I hate to call something wonderful when it's as brutal as this show is. But I feel like I watched a lot of brutal stuff this weekend. Maybe I need to get some aggression out somewhere. Um, Jesus. By the way, Austin, I feel like I'm I have the 
like luxury of having at least two or three things of the week <laughs> after that. Right. Oh, <laughs> you've, sure. you've built yeah. them up. Oh, you've built them up. Yeah. Over true. Fair enough. Quite fair a enough. long time there, my fair friend. Enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but every, yeah, every week I have two at least. Exactly. Yeah. That's my thing of the week. The squid no, game. That's awesome. I and can't wait I to check it out. Oh, it's fantastic. And what I love about this show is that it's inspired so many people to be creative with memes from the show and pictures yeah, from yeah. the show and, yeah. you know, props from the show. I can't wait to see if Bill Bill and Britt from Punished Props actually do something. Because that's my goal. That's my, my measuring stick for if something is really popular, if Bill and Britt do a prop from it. <laughs> so I'm really hoping they do. Or maybe like... Um, Odin makes like one of those yeah, two. Yeah. You know, they could do a prop from the show because there's a lot of the masks would I would love. I was joking with someone that I really want to have on the walkway up to my front steps. I want to have people in pink suits and those masks like just lining my walkway for Halloween and it's like okay, but then I'd need like 12 mannequins and I don't know where to get them that fast. So <laughs> maybe next year. But yes, the Squid Game. Absolutely fantastic, very brutal. Viewer discretion is advised. It's not easy to watch, but it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Um, also, just for the record, I watched the dubbed version. The next time I watch it, I may go back and watch the subtitled version. Just just for the record. I've heard huh. that the subtitled version is actually better than the dubbed version, but the dubbed version is much easier to watch because it's not a freaking exercise in reading, which I hate. So there you go. Words are hard. <laughs> you know what else I hate reading, but I love reading? The list of people who contribute to this show financially. Look at that segue. Another one. I'm just on a roll with segues tonight. Um, those people include Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks and DIY. I noticed the name change, Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka a weird guy, um, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft. Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from IMakeJake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler, Bear Maked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey, and the Clamp Podcast, Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, and Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes. All you guys make this show possible, and we really appreciate it. If you can't contribute financially, we appreciate anything you can do to support the show, which includes sharing the show, writing a review, or even just telling someone that you know who may be interested, because the more people that listen, the longer we can do this, and that's really what you want, right? More of us. Um Everything that you do is much appreciated. We notice it and we do love it and we thank you and we are very grateful for it. Whatever capacity you support the show in. That's going to do it for this week. Austin, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for coming on on such short notice. I think I messaged, when did I message you? I messaged you at like five o'clock yesterday. Was yeah, it? something like that. Yeah, and it was like, it was a little hairy there for a moment. I was like, oh, God, if we do an Ethan and Vincent episode, no one's going to listen. So, <laughs> but just for the record, just for the record, I do mean it when I say you were, you were the next, like you were in the next round of bookings. It was just going to be closer to the end of the month, but now it's today. So we really appreciate you coming on on such short notice and for telling us such great stories about the surfing business because none of us know anything about it. So it was actually really cool to learn something new. So, um yeah thanks for popping on man yeah absolutely i appreciate you guys having me on it's fun fun to chat with you guys more than just uh 
shooting DMs and memes back and forth. <laughs> I mean, DMs and memes are how we communicate in 2021, Austin. I right. mean, geez, get with the program, bro. <laughs> but no, it is it is nice to actually talk to you. Where can people find you, Austin? Yes. So, um, high caliber cat. Oh man, I can't even say my own name. <laughs> high caliber craftsman um, is my main account, and that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the whole deal. Um, if you want to see some of the old surfboard stuff, it's still active on Instagram. Austin Surfboards is the name. And Austin, I mean, excuse me, High Caliber Craftsman Builds is my maker account, which is where you'll see more of my like stories and more of my goofy stuff that I do. Um, and uh, yeah, those are those are the best places. Great. Awesome. Right. Yeah, we... You are you are fun to watch on. You do a lot of stories. I am I'm impressed by your prolif pro proficiency. That's the word I was looking for. Your proficiency making stories. I I, I always want to do them, and really I end up just doing them on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> Which is, it's it's tough, man. And sometimes I think if you get in the swing, it's better because of course my my stories don't happen typically have anything to do with what I'm doing. Normally, it's like I have a so me and Dean and Christy, we call them Austin shower thoughts. Where I'm like, something will pop in my head and I'm like, yeah, this is weird. Like I need to, I need to just talk to somebody about this. You know who I'm going to talk to anybody who will listen. Anyone that wants to listen. <laughs> and uh, so if I have like a really weird, for example, like my, uh, my Dolly and Jolene um, spiel, which I'm, I don't know if you guys remember that one, but um, stuff like that where, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course Dolly, I don't need to tell the story, but <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And uh, anything that I think that's weird, that's what I do with my stories. And every once in a while, there's some stuff about me making, or if I think of a tip that might benefit somebody. Yeah. It's, you don't, it's interesting. I, I should have brought this up. I didn't even think about it, but you really don't do a lot of like process stuff in your stories. Your stories are really just like conversational. Hey, here's what I'm doing today. And you know, trash talk Dean for a few minutes and then that's pretty much it for the day and you're good. And then the next day it's the next morning and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and there's Austin's thing. It's got the little red ring on it. Oh, what's he talking about today? Oh, hi. Yeah. Dean's a piece of junk. Okay. (laughs) This is awful. This is terrible, but here's what I'm doing today. You know, and it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I'll get a, I'll get a text from Dean and it's just like, you're a fool. And I'm like, what? what are that? <laughs> oh, I must've said something in my stories. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how you said it as fool. Yeah. It starts fool. with an F. Yeah. yeah. There's four letters, but yep. 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 Yeah. He, uh, so I'll say some, like, I don't know. Sometimes I'll say stuff that's a little risque and he's like, how do you have sponsors? Like, how do you have like, <laughs> they probably don't watch my stories. <laughs> hey, that's it's, it's, it's security through obscurity. And that's perfectly acceptable. Um, that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Austin, thanks again for popping on. Really yeah, thanks, do appreciate man. It. Um, it. We'll have all of Austin's links in the show notes. So you can go follow along with all the cool stuff he's doing. And uh, maybe if you uh, get one of those plum spots, you might end up at high caliber camp 2022. Uh, we will be back again next week. Uh, we do have a we do have the guest that we were going to have tonight. Um, she will be here next week, so we'll get to talk to her. And uh, until then, have a great week, everybody. Hope you enjoy it, and we will see you then. <laughs> <laughs>